Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Inside Out episode 16. Before we dive into today's very special conversation, I just want to say a big thank you to those that are still here from episode one to now. And for anyone that's just tuning in today, thank you to you as well. I'm just so excited to be bringing you these authentic and honest conversations bringing light and awareness to important topics or just sharing relatable experiences in the hopes to inspire or encourage listeners. Um, It's something that I'm really passionate about and it seriously lights me up so much creating these episodes for you. So thank you for all of your support. Um, Moving on to today's guest, my next guest is the beautiful Semi. Semi is a stillness coach and your go-to gal for mindset, mindfulness and motivation. Recently launching her online program, Still With Sammy, Sammy has tailored her coaching courses to cater for each and every person on their wellness journey. Starting from small meditation classes to one-on-one coaching along with monthly and annual memberships, Sammy is an advocate for finding stillness in your life through deep connection with our authentic selves. Semi believes through the beautiful practice of self-reflection and stilling the mind, we can find an inner peace that is deeply nourishing throughout all stages of our lives. I have been on my own journey of tuning into my emotional frequency and leaning into my inner compass. So I was absolutely thrilled to share a conversation with Semi and understand more about meditation and how she began exploring mindfulness. Hello, Semi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. Not an issue at all. I'm really excited that you're here. First of all, how are you going? Yeah, really good. Yeah, going really good. Uh, Keeping busy with the kids as always, but, you know, just like everybody else. (laughs) Yes, totally. Absolutely understand that. So tell me, where did you create initially Still With Semi? Like, where did that first show up? Was it perhaps that you had a moment or experience that pivoted a career towards exploring mindfulness or... Sure. Well, really, you know, mindfulness has always kind of been a big part of my life Um, from a very young age. You know, I can recall, you know, even back to as far as eight years old, I would sit down and meditate with my mum. (laughs) Well, I thought I was meditating at the time. Um, So it's really just been, you know, this constant in my life and something that I've always gone back to, especially when I've had really, really challenging times that I've gone through in my life. Um, But I guess probably more recently, Recently, uh, last year, I lost my dad and it was very unexpected um, in the blink of an eye, yeah, under traumatic circumstances. And really for me, you know, that was a catalyst. It was really a catalyst for me to step up and think, you know, life is too short and it's time for me to share my passion and purpose with the world and I'm just not going to wait any longer for the right time like the time is now so that was really yeah the catalyst for starting my own business and really starting to share something that has always been really meaningful to me 
Oh, I love that. I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. Um, it's amazing what you've done in such a short period of time and the community that you've created. So you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. Yeah, it's been wonderful. So this is obviously something that you've had envisioned for quite some time, you know, since you were a little girl and doing that meditation with your mum. I want to dive into the work with you because I personally have used meditation as a tool for managing stress, anxiety and my sleep. It's something that I've used in my adult life. Um, And it's something that I do tend to go through phases of enjoying. I do find sometimes the busyness of my mind just is simply too hard to argue with. And if I'm honest, Right now, I'm not on a meditating phase, but I was only talking to my girlfriends last week saying that I know when I do it and I practice it every day, I feel so much more content and prepared. Can you share how we can integrate mindfulness and meditation into our daily life? Yeah, sure. So I am a massive advocate for mindfulness being something that is simple and you can incorporate it into your everyday life. I like to look at it as not just a practice, but a way of living. So really, you know, telling, you know, my students or people that I coach to, you know, go and meditate every day for an hour and then that's it. It's really not going to bring that shift in their life that they're looking for, you know, to live in a more mindful way. Mm. So really the way that I like to share it is really starting off small. And I really think that starting small, developing beautiful, mindful habits, and then once you've got that habit into the routine of your life, you can then expand on it. So if you're a beginner meditator, you're probably not going to be able to sit down for an hour and meditate without the thoughts and without distraction and without it becoming a frustration. So in that case, I would say, you know, start off with two minutes a day. That is a beautiful start and do that maybe for two weeks. And then from there, once you've built that into your routine, then expand on that and develop that as you go along. It's not really something that you can just pick up straight away and run with. It's something that will evolve over time. Mm. And, you know, I also think, you know, something that don't have expectations about it. If you want to bring meditation or journaling into your life, you can do that just five minutes a day. And that's absolutely perfect. And I think, you know, this myth about, you know, meditating, sitting down for an hour, stopping all your thoughts, um, you know, you know, humming and these sorts of things is is not well. It's not what I advocate for mindfulness. I really advocate it as something that you can build into your busy life. Yes, I love this, and I think that sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and show up for ourselves. You know, absolutely. And like as I said, it's all about that expectation you place on yourself. Like. I have so many students that come to meditation classes and and they express the same thing, like, oh, I can't stop thinking. And that is absolutely fine. Like our brains are so amazing. They do so much for us. And we have so many thoughts a day that, you know, it's not realistic to think that to sit in a meditation class for half an hour or an hour that you're not going to have anything pop into your mind. It's just not the way that our brains work. So Mm. I think just, you know, breaking down those barriers, not putting too many expectations on yourself and you'll probably find it way more enjoyable and a lot easier to incorporate into your life. Yeah, I really resonate with that, just not overcomplicating things. For sure, definitely. 
Look, I am semi an advocate for mental health, but I also passionately feel that many, not all, but many mental health conditions can be managed or assisted in managing without pharmaceutical drugs. And I am really hopeful for a time when general practitioners focus on managing mental health from a holistic perspective prior Mm -hmm. to handing out these prescriptions that they do. I really think that sunlight, sleep, nutrition and exercise are the foundation natural healing methods of life. But I know meditation is something on that list by basically every health guru on the planet. If you are suffering with conditions like depression, anxiety and depletion, why is meditation so encouraged in the health space as a healing practice? Well, first and foremost, I think it gives you a safe space to explore how you are feeling mentally and to be able to do that in a way where you can accept how you feel without a need to change it. So meditation is really, yeah, about allowing how you feel and that connection with your feelings and emotions uh, and just accepting that without a judgment and a need to change who you are at all. Mm. Um, So I would say it's really a way for you to connect with yourself. Uh, But if we are going to look at it from a medical and scientific point of view, there is so much research and I'm happy if anyone wants to reach out, I'm happy to point them in the right direction for this. But there is so much research around mindfulness and meditation and how it can reduce the stress response in our body, can reduce cortisol levels, um, and it can be linked to lowering our heart rate and lowering heart disease. And there's just so many amazing benefits for our mental health, but also our holistic health. It truly does benefit us for mind, body and soul. Mm, definitely I really really love that and um, totally agree with you there about 18 months ago I started to use meditation as a tool for settling myself and my stepdaughters down for our bedtime routine Um, and at first they were quite hesitant but then they actually really enjoyed it and we used guided meditation they were like children's stories so the girls have been using meditation on and off I suppose as I've gone through my phases But recently, they've actually been talking about how they're doing it in class now at school, which I just think is so amazing. I would just love the education system to be jumping on board with all of these types of mindfulness tools. Mm, Absolutely. Actually, I've got a friend and she's a teacher in um, early education and she they teach mindfulness practices even at preschool. And I was just like, wow, that is so amazing. And I really think that is the key. Like, Mindfulness goes beyond meditation. It's actually all of those skills that we teach. And I know I also um, share that with my children. It's like it's about being able to identify emotions as well and then regulate them for ourselves and then also communicate those emotions uh, within ourselves and to others. So it really goes beyond just sitting down and, you know, and having that quiet time. It's about identifying emotions and having really positive ways to communicate them to other people in our lives. Mm, It's so helpful, isn't it? Look, um, listening recently to a podcast series by Brene Brown, and she shares a conversation, I'm not sure if you've heard it, um, she has a conversation with Alicia Keys, and they're talking about a time where Alicia felt really overwhelmed in her work, and I'm sure that you know, you can identify with that as well. Um, And she felt overwhelmed in herself and took herself on a solo trip to Egypt. And then 
when she got to her room in Egypt, she got laryngitis and she'd never had it before. So she physically couldn't speak. And she says, I didn't have a choice but to sit there in my silence and in my solitude and I needed it more than ever. We can get busy doing so many things and that's my default even in this time right now when the world is calling on all of us to get more quiet somehow, I'm finding myself busier than ever. And Sammy, I really resonated with this because in particular with 2020 being the roller coaster it has across the globe, I know I only felt the smallest fraction of COVID-19 impact here in Newcastle, New South Wales. Um, and I'm really grateful to have a local community following the guidelines because we haven't had an outbreak, which means we haven't had a secondary lockdown situation. Mm. But time of lockdown, Sammy, I felt an overwhelming pressure and need to do more, fix things, grow things, you know, do all the things that I haven't had time to do. What are some tools that we can utilize so we have the ability to shift our mindset from this default busy process? Yeah, look, this is such an important thing. And if I'm honest, it's something that I still work on and I've actually worked on for myself during COVID as well. And I really encourage people to think about their need for why they feel they need to be busy. So, of course, there are things in life that we can't control that keep us busy. You know, kids, work, uh, tasks around the home, sport, things like that. But there are a lot of things in our life that are making us busy that we are allowing to happen. So what I really like to do with any of my clients that are in that position where they're feeling overwhelmed, and this is something, as I said, that I do for myself as well, it's really looking at why you, you know, why you're feeling so busy and overwhelmed. Is it that you're saying yes to too many things? You know, are you saying yes to the wrong things and not giving yourself that time? And even is it, you know, the like I know for me uh, in my when I had a corporate uh, career, to me busyness meant success. So it was this constant striving, hustling, achieving, because to be busy meant I was successful and I was worthy and I was, uh, you know, accomplishing things in life. And I think sometimes we need to take a step back and really look at why are we making ourselves so busy and also perhaps what are we, you know, avoiding? You know, it's hard to sit in silence. It's hard to take a day off. It's hard to be with ourselves sometimes. And I think, you know, avoiding that silence and that, you know, slower paced life sometimes is a coping mechanism and yeah. we can really default into that busyness because, it is uncomfortable to just to have a rest day and to sit with ourselves and, and um vulnerable yeah like like for example I'll, I'll give you a recent example for me so you know as i mentioned before I, I lost my dad last year and i am someone that meditates daily and uh, during that time i found that i really couldn't sit in meditation for very long because the deeper my meditation would get, the more emotional I would get and the more painful and vulnerable and raw it would be. And I knew that I was turning away from that longer moment of stillness because it was painful to sit with myself and how I was really feeling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes, you know, we avoiding these feelings, keeping ourselves busy, doing the everyday, you know, ticking off the everyday tasks and running on this treadmill because it's actually a, a way to avoid what we don't want to address in our lives. So 
Yeah, I would always just say with that business, as I said, of course there are things in our life that will always make us busy. But mm. even just sitting down for five minutes and just maybe thinking, you know, what could you say no to and how you could carve out a little bit more time for yourself, even if it's an extra five minutes at the end of your day, just to sit with yourself and to start, you know, being comfortable in silence and being comfortable with not being busy. Mm, and I think we need to look at the currency is happiness. And if we're not happy, like you mentioned earlier about you measured your success as your happiness essentially. So, you know, what is success and how how can we make sure that we're measuring our success versus our busyness? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Totally. And for everybody, that will be different. Um, you know, I know that I'm a person that I draw my energy um, from being alone and, and meditating and doing those things. But I have a lot of people in my life who draw their energy from being with other people and, you know, and being out and socializing. And that's fantastic. But I think it's just doing those things in the right way um, where it is building you up. And yeah, and things like, you know, saying yes to the right things, being busy in the right way for your life. So we're never not going to be busy, but it's about being busy in that way that makes you happy and content and is filling you up. Something else I know that you encourage in your stillness program and online coaching is journaling. And this is something that I love to do. I love writing and putting my thoughts on paper just makes me feel like I'm literally removing the content from my body and letting it go sometimes. But yes. sometimes I do resist this and I feel like I have a creative block stopping me from using this mindfulness tool to go inwards on my inner compass or intuition. Mm. Can you share some tips to prompt us to effectively journal? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I would probably say about journaling is not for, for everyone, it won't be comfortable to sit down and write in an actual journal. Um, so I like to look at journaling, um, you know, in some more, I guess, creative ways. Um, so if you find that it's hard to sit down and you're not really wanting to sit down with a journal and write, things that I do, sometimes if I'm out on the fly and I'm really busy and I have a thought pop, pop up in my mind, I will text myself just a thought or a feeling. Um, you can also use the voice recorder uh, feature on your phone if you just want to get something out and just want to, you know, speak those words. And another thing which I really, really love to encourage is actually you can set yourself up a private email address. So if um, the good thing about this is there's a password so no one will see it and you can just send yourself an email to, to type up what you want, send yourself an email to that private email address you've set up. And that is also a really great way to get these thoughts off your mind. Um, but yeah, journaling is just so important because it is about self-reflection and really any, pro uh, any process of self-development and moving forward in our life, key to that is the ability to self-reflect. And I know for me, you know, sometimes you, you reflect on situations you've been in, how you've handled them, and it gives you areas for growth. You know, we're not all perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. And through being able to self-reflect and be honest with yourself about situations, um, it's a really, really great tool to bring about change in your life. 
Mm, and I love the modern spin you put on for emailing yourself as yes. a general idea. I love that because <laughs> for me, like I like the old school way of pen to paper. That's awesome. But mm. for efficiency and time, I would much rather do it as an email. So that is an unreal idea. I'm definitely going to take that on board. Yeah, what? look, I, I think, um, you know, all of these things, mindfulness, journaling, all of this, it's really about incorporating it into your everyday life. It doesn't have to be another thing on your to-do list. It can fit into your life and make it manageable for you so that you will do it. Um, as I said, there's no point, you know, turning away from journaling and meditation because you don't have that hour. That's fine. Just shoot yourself an email, spend five minutes, uh, you know, turn the radio off in the car or whatever it is in silence. Like it, it can be brought into your busy life. And why do you feel that it's so important to do this work to align with your stillness program? Look, I think we all, um, you know, have, you know, areas where we want to grow in our life and we all deserve to live the life of our dreams. Like we have such a short amount of time here on earth and really why not make every day absolutely amazing? And I feel like through doing these things, through finding stillness, through being able to self-reflect, and as I said before, it's a way of living. It's not just a practice. It's it's really a way of living that enhances your true self and allows you to show up authentically and living a life full of passion and purpose and love and you know sharing that with people in your life who you love and you know I as as we've both mentioned we we share these things with our children mm. and you know how beautiful is that that they're going to grow up with these you know techniques and and have that you know way of moving forward in their life as well that's going to enhance their children's lives one day and just go down through the generations so it's so important because Everybody deserves to live an amazing life and we all can do that. We really, really can. And obviously sitting in your body to meditate means that we have the ability to let go. And when we are able to let go, you feel a weight off your shoulders. My mind personally, it feels so much less fog and conflict and it just really allows me to feel lighter. Oh, absolutely. And I think that also is a great benefit of journaling as you mentioned so meditation and journaling it's it's letting go of all of those things in your mind that you know are just overwhelming and sometimes when we get it out and we can release it it is just so cathartic and it's so healing and you know I even know recently um you know I had I had a counseling session with my psychologist and she made me write a letter to my dad Okay, this was this was after he passed away and she made me write a letter to my dad. And in our session, she made me read that out loud as though he was in the room. Mm. And even for someone like me who meditates and journals, even that next step of writing that letter and voicing what was on my mind, it was it was truly the turning point in my healing journey. It was absolutely remarkable because I could finally say what was inside me and how I felt and yeah so I just think this is what meditation and mindfulness and journaling and living this life can do for us it can allow us to connect with our emotions and let them go and then continue to step up in life and live you know this beautiful amazing human experience in all its glory 
Mm, I love that and totally agree with you there. Um, Sammy, I recently saw on your Instagram your gorgeous son who yes. sat with Instagram and took us through 50 seconds of stillness. Firstly, yes. child <laughs> sitting still for 50 seconds. Please teach me your ways. <laughs> on a serious note, what practices, Sammy, have you injected into your home life to encourage your children to be so in tune with mindfulness and I suppose comfortable to sit in their vulnerability and just breathe and meditate? Yeah, for sure. So I think the most important thing, and I've always advocated, um, and it's the kind of family that I was brought up in, is that uh, emotions aren't something to be feared and they are something that you can talk about at any time whenever you need to. Um, so I've really encouraged that open and honest conversation around emotions. And I think through that, it allows them to feel that it's a safe space to connect with how you're feeling. Like it's okay to sit and have that moment of silence and and really think about how you're feeling because you're safe and it's okay to do that. So, yeah, so definitely I think just making it normal and safe environment for that. Um, I know with my daughter, she um, listens to audios at night and she wears her eye pillow to bed and, you know, it's just a whole part of her routine now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I think also, you know, as we all know, our children emulate what we do. So I think that they see, you know, what I do. And, and initially it was probably interesting to them on, oh, my gosh, what's mum doing sitting down there? And they just slowly started to join my sessions. And, you know, they will meditate with me sometimes. And I'll just always say, kids, I'm going to go meditate. If you want to come down, come down. And, you know, um, yeah, I think just making it a normal part of life for them. They've just really tapped into it and love it. Yeah, I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, sorry, that I've used guided meditations for my stepdaughters of an evening on bed. Um, and I remember recently, actually, I tried to do a guided meditation, one that I was doing with one of them, and she was very uncomfortable in that moment with being guided to inhale and exhale. So mm -hmm. I suppose it can become vulnerable for children because they're uncomfortable, they don't want to sit with their feelings for too long. Like um, the guided meditations we were using were the stories, the children's stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that they would just get so distracted in that and, and get right into that story. Um, they mm -hmm. really enjoyed those. But, yeah, recently one of the girls um, sat with me for a meditation and she was like, oh, I don't like this. But after a couple of times we did it, she's actually started getting a lot out of it and it's been really calming her. So that's a really good thing too. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, you know, that's the key, like that you continue to to do it and persist. And it is something that you build as a habit. It, as I said before, it's not something that you just sit down for an hour and automatically you have this amazing enlightened experience and, you know, there's butterflies everywhere over your head. Like it's just so not like that. And no. it's really just, yeah, it's about making it a habit. And that's so beautiful that you could do that together and, you know, that she continued to give it a go, even though it did feel uncomfortable at first. And yeah, I think it's just, you know, doing that, persisting and making it more of a normal habit for them is just, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And if you make it like it's, you know, like brushing your teeth or making your bed, it's just in your every day. And this is what you do for a couple of minutes of a morning or an evening, then I think that children would really respond to that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's really just making it a way of living. It's okay to talk about how we feel. It's okay to cry. It's even okay to be angry. You know, as long as you know what you're feeling and you can communicate that in the right way to those in your home and those that you love, that's really what it's all what all mindfulness is about. It's just acknowledging how we feel and learning to live with that and communicate that to those around us. 
Yes, absolutely. I just love your program, Sammy. You've really identified that there is such a calling for stillness in this world and in the homes of so many families. And if we can inject these practices into our daily lives, then it would have such a profoundly positive impact in so many other areas. Thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me. I've already taken so much away from this. And <laughs> I hope everyone listening will too. For anyone that wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So uh, on my Instagram, which is just at Still with Sammy, or they can pop on the website, which is under the same name, stillwithsammy.com.au. And I know your programs literally start from $9.95 per month, which is just amazing. So for yeah. anyone who's looking to cultivate more mindfulness into their journey, then definitely go and check out these programs because honestly, what is $10 a month for a lifetime of positive mindfulness practices? Oh, for sure. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Best money you'll ever spend. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.